0: How do you unlock your full potential of influence and create lasting change? I'm your co-host, Dave Donaldson. Along with your other co-host, Scott Young, welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Join us each week for inspirational stories and strategies from leaders, experts, and professionals around the globe. We want to see you get equipped and empowered to make an impact that resounds from your neighborhood the nations it is a great joy to welcome you to influencers podcast a place where we talk about inspirational stories and invite you to be part of the conversation and we have a great guest with us today andy mason is an author a speaker he is an expert in coaching businesses and the co-founder of a great work called heaven in business He and his wife, Janie, had an interesting conversation sometime around 2008 as they lived in New Zealand. And I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when he said, let's pack up everything and move to America. He came here and he's been influential in helping business leaders influence this culture by tuning in to what God is doing in the marketplace. We welcome him to the Influencers Podcast, and Andy, we want to thank you for just joining us today, and thank you for being an influencer, and we hope as we talk, the influence of your life will ripple out to help others. Thanks for joining us, Andy.
1: Thank you so much, Scott.
0: Hey, So just take me back, or take all of us back, to that conversation down under when you were in New Zealand around 2008, when you said, let's take a huge step of faith, just like Abraham, and leave New Zealand and come to America. What was that like?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it feels like it was yesterday in many in many in many senses of the word. I, I think the context for that was I'd always had a sense of the call of God on my life, but never quite knew what that was. And which looked like, if you don't know and no one tells you otherwise. You just do what's in front of you, which was serve in your local church. And and that is awesome, wonderful, and something to always be done. But we got to this stage in 2008. I was working in a large agricultural bank in New Zealand. Uh, we had four children, aged two, four, six, and 8 years old at the time, my wife Janine and I. Wow. And we never, ever thought we would leave New Zealand. Very uh, strong local church, involved in missions, work, in a couple of weeks a year, so doing all of the common Christian activity that someone in the workplace does, that's also engaged in in a local church service. But we both sensed that there's a change, and we couldn't work out what it is. Like there's just a restlessness in us, and so I thought, well, maybe I'm a part of the leadership team at church. Is is the Lord leading us into a more full time ministry vocation in a a, a typical church setting, and I spoke to my pastor and and he said, Andy, we love what you're doing, but I'm not sure where you fit, and nothing's going to change here for three years, so it's it's definitely not in that capacity. So I left that and I thought, well, maybe it's maybe it's just taking a promotion in my work because that's a wonderful way to lead and influence people. So I actually applied for a regional management role and got the job, which was wonderful. But then very shortly after that, as in weeks, realized this is going to take me away from some of the things that I feel like to give my life to, as in some of the missional aspects of what we do uh, overseas, some of the, you know, being with my family. I'm going to be away. I'm going to be traveling more. It just didn't feel right now that I've got that job. So I'm like, I'm confused. It's not church and it's not business. What else is there? And I was with a buddy in Uganda, where we'd been going backwards and forwards. And he said, This tells you a little bit bit about me. He said, Andy, why don't you pray about whether it's not a business or church? What if it's a geographic move? As in, you've got such a box drawn around your life. What if it's outside the box? And I'd never, ever considered that. So, this is the value of having people around your life who are wise counselors is a key in here. So I came back home and I wrote in my journal, uh, is our future in this location. And I said just Lord, yeah. I ask you to speak to us. And uh, 2 days later I was reading a Bible story to my 4-year-old son and it's it's the you know it's not a real Bible like in speech marks because it's a children's Bible. I mean God couldn't speak out of a children's <laughs> Bible because it's just pictures <laughs> and a few words. So I'm innocently reading him where he wants me to read. And he said, Dad, I want you to read the story. And I literally read him the story of Abraham. And mm-hmm. I th- I'm, th- I'm not fully engaged or present, probably. I just read, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to the land that I'll show you. And when yeah. I read the words, it exploded on the inside. And I'm like, oh wow. my gosh. And, but that was not enough to get me to move my family So two days later, we had a visiting speaker at church and I was part of the worship team as well. And I'm listening and messing around a bit with my friends. And this speaker stands up and opens up the passage in Joshua 1 verse 2. Now arise, you and this people with you and cross over the Jordan, the line of limitations that you've set on yourself. Wow. And step into the land of risk and promise. And I suddenly go very, very quiet. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. God speaking. And then two days later, because anybody that's married knows that a significant move, it's the both of you. And so my wife was actually walking around the house. And she says, "Okay, Lord, I I want you to speak to me also. What's 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 something you'd say to me regarding this? And instantly this reference, Bible reference, pops like an idea or thought in her head, Jeremiah 3.14. And she thinks, is that me? Is that God? Well, there's only one way to find out. So she sits down, opens up her Bible, finds the reference, and it says, I will take you, one, from a city and two, from a family, and I will lead you to Zion and set shepherds over you according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And she just begins to weep as we know that this is God. <laughs> yeah, This is God.
0: Now, I know you call, you call that and refer to it as an adventure uh, with God. And there are other influencers that are listening and maybe on the, the precipice or just considering. Maybe they're in that state where they feel something stirring in their soul. What kind of um, takeaways would you give from your life lesson that brought you to this country, that they may be considering a bold move in business or in life or in maybe you can just tie the two together because it was in your life, business and ministry hand in hand.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, most people have no idea that they don't trust God that our confidence, <laughs> our security is, is... That's
0: good. Say that, say that yeah. again. That was very now,
1: good. Most people, including myself, yeah. don't realize that we don't trust God. Our trust yeah. is in the government. Our trust is in health. Our trust is in education. Our trust is in our bank balance, our life insurance, our, all of these different things. It's only when we follow the voice of God and take risks beyond uh, our comfort zone and we, what we don't realize is we're exchanging certainty for a connection with God. I would rather have certainty yeah. and my life that I've got now and my, all my little boxes and my comfortable private yeah. time and write the check out than to truly trust God but get uncertainty. Whereas I would say there is more of God beyond your fingertips, which means letting go of control. And it's Matthew 4 verse 6, where Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, yeah. which means I don't live by the balance sheet, by my strategic plan alone. I, I have one, I plan, but I don't yeah. live or lean my life dependent on that. I live by the voice of God He's, he was there in the beginning. He's going to be there in the end. It's his voice and his word that sustains me. So that is the most important thing in all of life is to learn to hear and follow the voice of God.
0: And what helps people to break that pattern there, that self-dependence, that self-trust over God trust? What, what shifts that inside someone's soul? I, I think
1: it's a great question. I think there's a number of things. And I think there'd be people listening to this and you've been on a, a mission trip as a kid before that helps because it gets you outside of your comfort zone or your echo yeah. chamber. And yeah, so very good. go to someone else's church and just experience people mm-hmm. different than you. And you'll be exposed to something. new. Uh, you can read a book, read, read the history of the church that will bust you out of your normal. You're like, Oh my gosh, we're so yeah. comfortable. Um, but I think it's just asking the question, Lord, uh, when I became a follower of you, I yielded my life, I surrendered, I became a living sacrifice. I have no idea what that even truly means. But Lord, if there's more to know, I want to know you. Show me your ways that I may know you. Lead me into everything you have for me. And don't let me, don't leave me comfortable, but actually truly, it's like as, as, I think it's the psalmist said, "Created me a clean heart, renew a right yep. spirit within me." Don't take your Holy Spirit as and lead me into whatever you've got. Don't don't take any of my excuses. Don't let me miss out on everything you have for me. And I know I'm going to be kicking and screaming, but Holy Spirit, please don't listen to that. It's so good. Me, take me further.
0: So good. And then, as you have followed those inner whispers, prompting that voice of the spirit inside your soul. You were led to begin and found a a mission, a message, a movement called Heaven in Business. Talk about what brought you to that moment and really unpack a little bit of what Heaven in Business is to those that are listening.
1: Thanks, Scott. Uh, Yeah, it sounds like when when I tell the story of how God led us here, it sounds like I must hear God really, really clearly and never have any doubts and obviously no fear and completely secure. Well, none of that's true. I'm completely dependent on him every single day. And the other part of it is wise counselors around us. But I look back and I just see, for me, I was always someone that knew where I was going to be in 10 years time or thought I did. So everything has been mm. off the page. We get to write the script and script, and do it with God. So we get here, I'm like, well, what do we do in America? What would you have us do, Lord? And all I knew to do was there was a ministry school. So, okay, well, we'll do the ministry school and then God will show us what to do. Well, mm-hmm. within the first few weeks of the environment, we're talking 800 students at ranging from 18 to 60. And they're hmm. in this program together to, to experience what's possible with God in all of life. It's called Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And I've gone from having a community all around me to I don't know anybody. And yeah. it's really one of the core foundational scriptures is the Lord's Prayer, uh, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's been a huge influence on praying for the sick. But my thought was, you know what? I, I love that. But there's got to be more than just praying for sick people. What about the city? What about a city? So I had these questions. What would it look like for a city to be fully alive? What, what happens when we don't exclude the miracles to the Sunday service, but they're in all of life? What does that look like in the, in the business community? So it was probably born out of curiosity. And so I went and asked, asked the question of the people that lead outreaches and said, well, what about the business community? What are we doing for them? And they said, well, mm-hmm. we're not doing anything. You do something. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I want to serve. Some, I'm here to serve. Like, who can I? They said, well, here you go. Here's a phone number of a local business person. You take this other student who was a Canadian businessman, and you two go and do something. And I'm like, well, what do we do? So we got sent out two by two, clueless, and we find out that, oh, my gosh, this really works. We literally connected with a local business guy, and we just became a source of encouragement, I would say primarily encouragement. We learned more than probably they did, but we just started to pursue what we called an experiment of what does it look like to partner with God in your place of work every day? This partnership with God, which is from the boardroom to the bedroom, to the battlefield, everywhere in between, it's either all true or not at all. And that just started what has become this movement of business people which I would now say is equipping people to partner with God in place of work and engage in the well-being of their city. And we do that through a conference, a retreat, a membership platform, a bunch of stories. The core of it is probably the testimonies of what is possible and really validating business people in vision and calling to engage with God in every activity of their lives.
0: So I know you talk about and you just mentioned the well-being of the city and there are influencers uh, listening that are really called to make a difference in their world. How would you help them or help you define us engaging in the well-being of the community that we're a part of?
1: Great question. So there's a there's a book called Well-Being by Gallup and I'd say you can start there and a second resource if you want to go deeper into this. There's, there's a Global Prosperity Index by Legatum Institute, which is research done around the world. These are not Christian organizations, but the information is profound in giving feedback, data-based evidence of what is going on in terms of the prosperity of a city from every aspect, from social well-being to uh, health, to finance, to safety, every aspect of it. And it gives an index. So I believe that Jesus didn't just die for, for us to get to heaven, but to bring heaven to earth, which means all creation fully alive, which means the city thriving, which means from a business standpoint, the economic engine of the cities. So what I've realized is there are so many ways to engage in the well-being of the city. And, and I can, we can articulate or unpack some of these, but from, from, from a start, it's being hope-filled as followers of Jesus, we have a hope-filled future and outcome, which means you engage, which means you don't hold back. You realize it doesn't matter how messy or dark it is, you've always got something that God is doing, and you're leaning in and making a difference. That is hugely needed in our world today. So hope, uh, it's creating community, as in a a like-minded community to people seeking the well-being of a city, Is huge, which means you engage, whether that's in Rotary or a different club or in the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I I had a police officer at one point walk with me around Bethel Church, meeting different employees. We go all the way around and he's interviewing everybody as if they're a suspect. That's kind of what he does. And we finally get (laughs) to the administration department, and all I'm doing is showing him around because he'd never been there before. And we're talking to these two women happen to have the same name, Bethany. And we're having a conversation and he's realizing they are so overqualified for what they're doing, but they're doing a wonderful job. And and he's like, why are you here? And why'd you leave your job to come? He's all these questions, great questions. (laughs) But then he takes a step back and he says, it's so good to be with good people. And he's got tears in his eyes. He says, for the rest of the day, I'm going to be with people that would prefer I was dead. And I had this revelation that we as believers are keeping our hope, our light hidden rather than just engaging. It could just look like taking a coffee to your local city leader or your local police chief or your it could be anything engaged It then it could look like uh, being engaged in the homeless issues of the city. It could look like um, helping your city establish a vision for its future. It could look like growing your business so that you employ more people. It could look like, so there's so many aspects in terms of seeking the well-being of a city. And they can look into those books to find out more. Or just literally go down to the Chamber of Commerce go down to the economic development corporation in your cities and say, what's the greatest needs and how can I engage? And you'd be amazed at what opens up.
0: And that's so good because the real intent, the goal, the aspiration, the objective we are looking for is to empower, inspire influencers to make a difference in their world and in the world. And you've written about that in the book that you've authored called God with you at work. And you, you, Teach and talk about how ministry is not just on the platform in the church, but it is. And I like the phrase you used earlier it's in the boardroom, it's in the bedroom. That's a whole separate podcast right there. And it's on the battlefield. Can you just talk about how ministry runs through all of those areas? And it's not just exclusive to the church yeah. house, but it's in all of these areas. I love it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that question. So it, look at the Bible. And you look at the start of the Bible, it starts with the garden. Before the fall, they were given the mandate to work, to cultivate, to create. There was no musicians. There was no four walls of a building. But there was work, and work is worship. So that's established throughout the Bible. And then you look... At the central point, central message of the Bible, it's a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, the the cross, and then the burial and resurrection. There's It's a garden. It's a gardener. It's hilarious. You see that. And then right at the end of the book in Revelation, you see it's a garden, restored. There's this garden that everything we do in the context is God's redeeming and restoring. But the context was work before the fall. So if I think that I'm going to be sitting on some cloud doing nothing, I've I've completely missed everything. Actually, we were designed, and our work becomes worship. And literally, the Psalms talk about, uh, let the work of my hands praise you. Uh, In the book of Exodus, it talks about the, uh, the craftsmen who were anointed by God to construct, to build, Uh, throughout the Bible, God uses every aspect. There were agriculturalists. Paul was a tent maker. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. the sweat from his sweatband. Like just the crazy things. It's like they would lay his sweatband on people and they get healed, his handkerchief. I'm like, that's gross. Well, probably. Much easier just to lay hands and pray for somebody. So everything we do is worship. Everything is work. And what I've realized is, yes, I want to see a city full of life. Yes, I believe that we have a mandate to actually make the world beautiful. I love what Timothy Keller, Reverend Timothy Keller says, is God made the world not as as a warrior who digs a trench, but as an artist who creates a masterpiece. So I get to be a part of that plan. That's the most exciting thing. Uh, I think it's, is it Zechariah? It talks about craftsmen, the four craftsmen, that displace demonic powers. So anointed work displace demonic powers. how does that possible? Well, poverty is a demonic power. And when I create economic activity, it literally displaces poverty. And so when I realize that my calling, I'm anointed by God to actually do work, that my work is the prime is the primary place where I forge my friendship with God where it's difficult, where I'm not sure what to do, where I've got to ask him. It forces me on my knees. It really does forge this, and I grow with him, and I see as we displace poverty, as we displace injustice through our work, as we empower, encourage, equip people, that we carry the gospel to people that uh, a missionary can't go certain places, but a businessman can. So I'm like, oh my gosh, business and work is the most fun thing on the planet when I realized I was created to do this. And actually, then it's 24-hour worship because it's my work gives him praise.
0: And people can connect with a lot of those stories in the book you've written, God with you at work. God with you at work, they can look that up. You are working currently on a new project a new authorship uh, your co-author is who and what are yeah you so
1: we've i mean that first book so and i'd say the other book that everybody should read if they're not sure about this is the book called the bible and it's a powerful awesome book that this is all in there it is yeah. awesome book, yes. and uh, your yeah, god with your book is a uh, work is really foundational in terms of this performance of rest learning my identity uh, understanding the power of testimony Seeing how God set us up to do this is so exciting. And we've just got to the point of a good friend, Shay Bynes, is uh, the founder of Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. So I'm on the East Coast. She's on the, no, I'm on the West Coast. She's on the East Coast. And she's just become a a dear, dear friend in terms of going after the same thing to equip and empower people in their workplace to partner with Jesus. And so we're, and when, when do you
0: think that project will come out? Do you, you have yeah. a timeline on We're that? We think in and... the
1: end of the year. So there's something around, how do I build it, and it? Like, what are some of the, okay, now I've got it. Now I know that it's possible. Then how do I build this in my place of work? And so it's going to break yeah. down real practical keys, like get connected, stay connected, how to build honor or an environment in your workplace where God would want to hang out with you. Like, you're surprised that you don't have customers, but actually God has this. And then how do I deal with confrontation and conflict? And then how do I deal with understanding? This is a long-term game. Perseverance is needed. So we're going to break those things down with a whole heap of stories from my experience. And we plan to have that out and produced by the end of the year.
0: Well, that'll be exciting just in time for Christmas, we hope. So people are always looking for something at about that time. And we just really appreciate you taking time, Andy. Of course, everything sounds better with a New Zealand oh, yes. accent and it just it just we could listen to you all day but we do want to know tell our uh listeners how they can connect with you um plug the the websites whatever you have for people to get to know a little bit more about what you're doing uh we'd love you just to share those with us and i hope they'll put them in the in the show Great. notes
1: so thanks scott so a couple of things number one is you want to read the stories of what god is doing all over the world so jump onto... Uh, Social media is Facebook, Heaven in Business. And they'll find stories there every single day of people everyday people partnering with an everyday God and just seeing what's possible with him. So that's one. Uh, We have a website for Heaven in Business. So it's heaveninbusiness.com. And you'll see upcoming events. Uh, You see a a membership platform that's literally training people and growing an identity, growing in business and growing an influence. There is also in there... Uh, that membership platform. We are just not just giving people things, but actually training them. So how do I stay aware of God on a day-to-day basis? Uh, We have a weekly strategic prayer. How do I pray from the Bible that would apply to my daily work? So there's a ton of things in there and resources people can access. Uh, And then I also have authentic dash solutions.com, which is all about more coaching, consulting, training, development, working with groups and with individuals to get clarity for what's next and the courage to do it. All in the context of 100% Christ-centered, 100% in the lane of business, and 100% kingdom advancing. And that just is really exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You have a lot of irons in the fire and we really appreciate you taking the time to share with our audience, people who are growing in influence. And we thank you for being part of the Charisma Podcasting Network. And we just want to remind everyone to be inspired, to be an influence in your world and in the world. Thank you, Scott. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. And we want you to access more of the resources. We'd love to hear your feedback on future episodes. Keep the conversation going and visit us at cityserve.us forward slash podcast. Remember, folks, use your influence to move people closer to Jesus and his mission.